Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Now Network. He's Kevin Creekley. I'm Jared Prugar. I forget, forgive me, my voice is, is raspy. I'm dealing with a little bit of a head cold, but we must soldier on. Penn State and Ohio State happened last week. It's time to move on. Time to move on to Indiana, which is a great state, depending on what you're looking for. Who's your football? Not so much. Racing? Absolutely. And Lucas you... Oil Stadium, beautiful. Indianapolis Indians baseball, also very good. But Hoosiers football, not so much. And that's who comes to Beaver Stadium this week and what has the potential to be the best get-right game Penn State could have imagined in when the schedule came out. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I thought for some reason this game was at 3.30. But is at noon? Noon, CBS. Um, can't ask for a better time slot to get right you know they love playing at noon in beaver stadium crowd has a tendency to this year at least show up at noon which is great um your favorite big and it's it's how do you respond to what happened last week does this turn into a two three loss skid for penn state franklin has a tendency to lose more than one game in a row hopefully that's not the case i'm not worried about indiana i'd be more worried about maryland and michigan um, Michigan has a, a shit show going on right now in Ann Arbor, and I think it's incredible. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second segment. But, you know, Penn State wasn't very far off Ohio State. You know, looking back at the film, looking at, at a couple of different things, it just came down to execution. I know we talked about that earlier this week, but it, it was just a lack of execution. You can blame Mirsich until you're purple. You can blame Franklin for not showing up in a big game. But when you have receivers cutting off routes when they don't need to, you know, and, and Drew Aller just missing at, at times, you know, it is what it is. But this is an opportunity with Indiana coming to town. Your 31 and a half point favorites come in, just get the job done. That's all you need to do. Win big, stay healthy, get ready to go to Maryland next weekend for what I think is going to be a, a very integral matchup later this season. Because there's so much speculation now going on with the Wolverines and what they're dealing with. So it's imperative. You got to win every game because you just don't know what's going to happen with Michigan. And when that happens, take care of your own business. They're no longer in control of their own destiny. They have to hope that Michigan beats Ohio state. So that's, that's a problem, but you know, you just got to keep, keep at it. And this is the perfect opportunity with Indiana coming to town historically a one-sided rivalry or not one, one-sided rivalry but one-sided matchup and they need to continue that saturday yeah and i get the franklin's one and nine against ohio state narrative it's really easy to draw that conclusion penn state has not once ever been favored against ohio state in any of those matchups not making excuses for it franklin wins the games that penn state is favored to do and he is notoriously getting better at covering games that he's supposed to the team is not showing up and throwing duds out there where they're struggling to beat army in the rain in an early october matchup they're showing up they're getting the job done the problem is when they have when they play ohio state when they play michigan they don't always show up and we're getting to the point where they're about a 50 percent show up ratio that's not great indiana though you're right historically one-sided i think drew allen needs to throw an interception on saturday Get it over with. Yeah. You're, you're playing way up tight. Your belt's on way too tight. Your chin strap's on way too tight. You're you're doing everything you can to not turn the ball over. Just throw it one time, man. I, I, I don't want to wish 
a turnover for this team. This is a team that you can't – Indiana is a team that you can throw an interception against and get away with it. Just throw a pick. Throw it throw it 40 yards downfield. We've, we, we made fun of it when it happened, but throw it down there no matter what kind of thing. Throw a pick. If it goes on a contested ball, if KLS doesn't quite get up for the ball, what, it, what have you. Malik McLean finally gets a snap. Heaven forbid we recruit a guy and play him. He finally gets a snap, bounces off his hands, goes into a defender's hands, it gets picked off. Let him breathe, man. He's, I think he's gripping the ball too tightly, trying not to make the mistake. Once you make that mistake, man, I think the, I think the training wheels come off. He just starts slinging it again because I feel like he's just gotten way more uptight as the season progresses. Trying to preserve yeah, that. Yeah, you know, streak. big moment. He, I mean, that's I think a perfect way to look at this game against Ohio State. He was so tight, and you could tell. I mean, that first drive, I think it was Theo Johnson. He just he threw a piss missile right in his hands, and it, and it dropped. Right, so you've got you got to be, and he's avoiding the middle of the field, which is where they need to make their money. You know, you're not going to be able, you're not going to beat Ohio State deep, nor should you try to. But you got to get it across across the middle. He had opportunities. Cephas was open a couple times. There were a couple times a lot of people were open, but he just didn't do it, or it was a batted ball. Or something, but you're right. He's playing too afraid to make a mistake, and this is a perfect opportunity. Just go out and play, man. Just, just take the reins off, and and just let the game come to you rather than forcing it. And that's what they need right now. They just need Drew Aller to be go to go be Drew Aller. You know, in moments against Ohio State and Michigan, it's tough because you're finally a team that should compete with them, and they were just a competent performance away from beating Ohio State, and this is flipped, right? But at the end of the day, he he made a little bit too many mistakes. He tried to be too perfect. And that's where Sean Clifford was different. Sean Clifford wasn't afraid to make mistakes. And he made plenty. And he made some really nice plays as well. So it, it's the good and the bad. Obviously, you don't want the three interception, four interception performance. But one isn't a bad thing. Go out there, play your game, and get after it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to do something against the grain. Just go out there and play, man. Just go out there and play. And if you're going to run two tight ends the whole damn game, 90% of your offensive snaps, and you're not going to throw it over the middle, you're not going to do shit on offense. You can beat Indiana. You can beat Iowa, Minnesota, whoever the hell you want from Big Ten West. You can beat Rutgers that way. But you're not beating Ohio State. You're not beating Michigan. You might not beat Maryland. If you're not using the middle of the field, especially in twenty in twelve personnel, so yeah, let's see. Yeah, it. Let's, use use the personnel that you have. There's no way that Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson can't stress linebackers. Exactly, and like, that's and, send them send them on seam routes. Go for it. Like there's a and lot that's going to this open offense, up the running backs. Yeah, there's a and lot that this offense involved. can do. And there's a lot that this offense can do that they're just not letting anything do, and it's I think it's because they are playing too uptight. So. No, absolutely. Don't just throw it to Indiana, but hell, let it rip, man. Yeah, and that's the Pretty thing. Slow. Like, let the offense come to you. Don't enforce the offense. Don't force things. You know, and you can do both. Like, there is a balance in that. But yeah, get the tight ends more involved. But also, like we talk about the way the game played out. You know, in retrospect, the running backs got their touches, but get them touches outside of the backfield. You know, Singleton had that ball that hit off his hands. Again, that's just Drew Aller not putting it in a, in a good spot to catch it, right? Maybe a little a little less juice, 
Um, and, and he's one-on-one with a cornerback. Who knows what's going to happen there? But I like Singleton's odds. Um, but, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Ohio State's record. And, you know, since let's go back to James Franklin was here, right? They have lost no more than two games since 2013. That was the year before James Franklin arrived in Happy Valley. In 2013, they lost two, 14, one, 15, one, 2016 and 17, two, 18, 19, and 20, one, 21, 22, two, and then they're undefeated this year. So it's not just that, that James Franklin isn't beating Ohio State. Not no very many people are. Now, the issue with Ryan Day is he's starting to get beat by Michigan, but there seems to be a little bit more to that than just Jim Harbaugh out coaching Ryan Day. But you know, I think that's a, I think that's a perfect opportunity for us to go because we're gonna we have to spend a little bit of time talking about this because there are some serious allegations and we need to talk about this here when we come back from this quick break on the Disney Sports Now Network. Podcast and the Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, I alluded to Ryan Day's lack of success against Michigan and Penn State's lack of success against Michigan over the last few years. There are some serious allegations going on within the Wolverines program. Um, there's more information that comes out about this every hour or two hours or six hours, it seems, and it gets better by the minute. Like th- this is just absolutely incredible. They have had an intricate illegal scouting ring um, where they have visited every big 10 team except other, one. but that team also can't track things because they just changed their software so they've been to every they've been to every big 10 game jack ham and steve jones knew that stallions had purchased tickets for the ohio state penn state game he mentioned this on his uh, radio show earlier this week steve jones did where that is an where that is a factor that that was the third time that they've been to Penn State game all year. The only team that they got smoked by recently was TCU last year, and TCU it came out earlier or later Thursday night that or Thursday during the day that they gave dummy signs and tried to fool Michigan, which is great and it begs the question why why wouldn't Michigan or other teams do that already? It's a little bit more complicated than that. So when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, yeah, getting signs from the opponent is that is commonplace. Sending them to future opponents to scout in person from the 45 yard line and videotaping all hand signals. That's a little bit different. Yeah. And if you're not into the football world, deep into the football football world, like me, I, I could definitely serve as the average Joe on this podcast. Future scouting of future opponents is strictly illegal in the NCAA. It's been illegal since 1994. It was done as a cost-saving measure. Kevin, were you born in 1994? Um, I was partially in existence. I had not seen the sun yet. It was just still baking in the oven, if, if you will. So Kevin's old enough to not remember this rule. And I, obviously, I was 1994. I was four years old. Yeah, let's, so I, let's be real here. But... with technology you don't need to scout like that anymore and this makes perfect sense why you would have that level of success right and 
you know, when you're the, every, it's funny because the NFL with certain packages, you can get the all 22 NFL plus, and then you can get the all 22 for whatever games you want. College football. It's not that easy. And when I say all 22, that is the, the copy of from the sideline in the end zone that the coaches see and watch during film study. That's not the TV copy. The TV copy is essentially you see the tackle box. You see the running backs, receivers. Sometimes you see the safety. Sometimes you see the corners. The L22 is you see every player on the field. And as somebody that's worked in coaching, you, you're deepest safety to deepest running back. And that's what you see. Now, tight copy in the end zone, you're seeing tackle to tackle. It's a little bit different. But you can't really see signs and stuff like that you can see it to an extent on tv copy but on the all 22 it's very difficult to see that but when you have somebody watching every game and he bought and that's the the best thing about this is he bought tickets this this is a guy that made fifty five thousand. they had a fifteen thousand dollar budget according to documents that they found on another computer that wasn't even involved in this this was all about the FBI's investigation into their co-offensive coordinator that got that guy fired earlier this year. Yeah, and back to just kind of explaining this, if you're not the football sicko or just not sure how these programs work, I thought they changed signs every week before this. I thought programs change their signs every week, just like they change their boards, just like they do ever. But programs keep their signs all season long because they're generally protected. And it's different from here in a dummy snap count or Peyton Manning saying Omaha is his check or what have you like, this is a pure violation of the rules and it is a big deal. And the fact that the staffer uh, stallions is suspended with pay currently. And the fact that Jim, Jim Harbaugh is toting around that he had no idea this thing's going on. I mean, just a blatant lie. Because and that's absolute bullshit. I'm not there's gonna lie. no there's no way that you don't know that because in the week leading up to the game against Ohio State, you're in those meetings saying where they're saying, oh, this sign means this. If they do this, they're running the ball. This means pass or pass the ball. And a video came out this week where Ohio State looks to their sideline to look at the side to look at the new signals coming in from the sideline. Everybody on the Michigan sideline looked at the signs, watched them like it was a batter in the batter's box watching his third base coach ohio state checks every michigan every michigan person on the sideline starts pointing to the sky as if they had just changed the play call to a pass so like they are like hey ohio state's gonna run it here ohio state checks to a pass and then michigan checks right out of it and is magically in a pass defense i don't know the results of that play i can't remember if the, the video went further than that um but like Goodness gracious, but props to TCU. They did have a month to prepare for Michigan, and that's the only team who actually has time to be able to change their signs. No other team can get that. You can't install that in a week, especially with the NCAA practice laws where you can't practice more than, what, 21 hours in a week? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. So why didn't they? Why didn't teams change their signs? Everybody knew it. Greg Schiano is talking at midfield about it with another coach. Before a game, that video came out. He's like, yeah, we know they're up to something. Hopefully we can try to fool them a little bit. But, I mean, props to TCU because that's just awesome. And I was talking to a couple of my friends about it. It's like, man, like if I found out a team was stealing my signs and I had a month to prepare for them, that's 100% what I'd be doing. I'd be calling like screen passes with my signals and just throwing go routes or something or 
you know, calling an in, inside the tackle, make Michigan load the box and throw a bubble screen or what have you. Like, and what's the one game that Michigan has looked absolutely stupid in in the last TCU. two seasons? TCU. And what, yeah. what was the result of their season before they started this? 2020, where they had a losing record. COVID year when all when the spies were cardboard cutouts. Right. And this is just like the Astros, except on a grander level, right? This is this is a little bit different than hearing a when a curveball's coming. This is knowing what play, knowing the signal. Then you're right. It's not it's and it as a coach, it's not easy to change things mid season. You're in you're in route, you're a machine. You're you're adding new stuff as it is, but to go back and change things on the fly. The only way that you can do that is with a wristband, and then you don't have that issue. But at the same time, Deion Sanders is right. you got to execute. But it makes it harder to execute when they know exactly what's coming on both sides of the football. So it'll be interesting and to, to see how this goes because this is deeper than just cheating. This is deeper than, you know, than – stealing signs this is an elaborate cheating scandal and this is the third issue that michigan has had this year which is absolutely incredible i love that they think that this is a booster a michigan booster who came out who's anti-harbaugh who's probably fed up with everything going on around the program besides this and they think that he might have been the or he or she might have been the person who tipped off um, this private investigator, because the private investigator then came to the NCAA and said, hey, there's something going on here. Oh, here's all the evidence, by the way. So, like, the work's already done. The problem is the NCAA moves at the speed of molasses in Vermont in February. Like, this is and, going to take over a year to get resolved. And they're already but, on campus, which is great. The Big Ten, this is where the Big Ten needs to step in. If there's clear evidence that Michigan has created this elaborate scheme, this is, like, White Sox in the World Series point shaving type things. Like this is purely against the integrity of the game. Do teams forward scout? Yeah. They probably have their DVR set at home. They're watching, trying to get as much film as possible. They're probably trying to get the all 22 from teams ahead of time. That's different than blatantly sitting in the stands with a phone recording signs, getting film, getting plays. Hell, they have the all 22 from the previous matchup. If a lot of the roster is the same, if the coordinators are the same, like how much does Penn State's offense look different this year with your switch? Like how many different play calls are there this year versus last year? They have that to pull from. So teams are out there doing it forward scouting, but they're not in person. They're not stealing signs. And I love, I don't know who it was. I think that the source was unnamed, but it was an ACC coach that said, yeah, there's a lot of people cheating. And honestly, a lot of these coaching staffs would be shit if they weren't cheating but they're not doing what Michigan's doing. So I I think it's time for the Big Ten to step in and be like, look, Harbaugh, you're done. It, if you got to be put on a leave of absence. You got to be suspended with pay, what have you. But like this can't, this can't keep going on. They already have it. So now Penn State plays them in two weeks. Is Penn State trying to change all their signs? I mean, I'm sure they've, they've known about this for two years. It's, it's not the, it's the worst kept secret in the Big Ten. We're just trying we're just finally figuring it out, but what does Penn State do to try to get away from this? And I don't think there is much that you can do, but he, Stallions has been to like three or four Penn State games already this year, or excuse me, his staff has been. Right, right. that was the Saturday's game against Ohio State would have been his third. That was Matt Weiss 
was the co-offensive coordinator that was invested that was fired after being placed on administrative leave for computer crimes. That is what led them to this. Michigan hired a private investigator as this was going on. And in somewhere amongst the hard drives, they found the scouting budget, the illegal scouting. And then it has just all hit the fan. And that's, what's crazy to me. You know, it wasn't a booster. And yeah, there are some people in Ann Arbor that do not like Harbaugh. There are some people in Ann Arbor that love Harbaugh and he was supposed to be in line for an extension. And don't get me wrong. Michigan is doing great things. If they're playing within the rules. Now, when you take it a step back and you're like, okay, well, this all makes sense now. Right. And, and that's the issue. That's, you know, that's the problem here. It's everybody wants to gain an advantage. Every coach in every sport wants to gain an advantage. That's human nature. That could be getting stealing signs or whatever, figuring out signs. That's normal, but advanced scouting signs and stealing them that way is what makes this illegal. And that is the problem here. Now, whether this continues, I don't really know. I I don't know what comes next. Nobody knows the big 10 and the NCAA and the FBI are all on campus. They're investigating the Matt Weiss stuff right now on top of this. So there's so much more that's going to come out. And it was funny. It's funny. It was Ohio state that chipped them off. But, you know, you look at um, Harbaugh's record, you know, he came to, to Ann Arbor in 2015, 10 and three, 10 and three, eight and five, 10 and three, nine and four, two and four, and then 12 and two, 13 and one and eight. No. So there is, it, it doesn't, necessarily come off the charts as fishy but what is fishy is the lying he lied about the burgers he lies about all of this other stuff and you can't sit here and tell me that as a head coach of a college program you don't know who is on your sidelines giving your co your offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators intel you cannot sit here and tell me that because that is absolutely there's no chance in hell that as a head coach at a power five school such as Michigan or any head coach ever, you don't know who is on your sideline. Yeah. And especially if it's this elaborate, right? You've got three or four people in stallion staff and the entire sideline knows there's no, you can't keep 120 college dudes quiet. You can't keep 50 staffers quiet. Somebody will have lipped that to Harbaugh. He may not have directed it. I'm not saying that, but there is no way in hell that this elaborate, this widespread across the entire facility, everybody in the facility knows everybody in the facility is studying these signs. They just got to, he, he doesn't coach third base, but it's the only baseball coach I can think of right now. They just, they just have a camera sit. Like everybody's just honing in on dusty Baker signs at third base. Dusty Baker's and coach third base in a while, but. You get the point. Like everyone is just like watching the third base coach and just be like, okay, what's he doing? Uh, okay. They're bunting. They, it, he needs to, I don't think he survives this. And I think the only way that he is going to quote unquote survive is he's going to get a job in the NFL. He's going to put his name out there for the NFL. And if you're in the NFL, do you want him? There's speaking of, you can lying. advance, you can advance scouting there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of lying, that leads us to Michigan state, the mitten state, is on a roll right now. Um, more information has come out from Mel Tucker, who uh, seems to have 
openly lied about his relationship with Brenda. Um, with Brenda, no, tr- I am drawing a blank on her name. But either way, Brenda Tracy, that's it. And he lied about the the phone sex, um, saying it was consensual, and among other things that he lied about. Um, yes, they wanted out of that contract without a doubt. Without a doubt, they wanted out of that contract. But this idiot. And I will say idiot because you he fumbled the bag here. Number one, you don't you just don't do that. That's not appropriate. That's not okay. As a man, no. But then to lie about it, how are you expected to lead men? How are you expected to lead athletes or anybody for that matter when you go and have that type of behavior? So he did deserve to be fired. And there is still much more that's going to be unleashed from that. But at this point, you know, Michigan State washes their hands of it and and for good reason i mean that dude doesn't deserve another job and and now you know the rumor is urban meyer is heading to east lansing yeah from one controversial coach to another uh nothing like bringing urban meyer back who tends the tendency to set programs on fire when he leaves ohio state's probably the only one who had success immediately after him leaving florida's not reached the same thing utah's finally getting back to relevance and who the hell else knows where urban Meyer has been. They set on fire and, you know, recruiting murderers and shit and gold pants scandals. Or no, that was Jim Trestle, but that's just a dude. I don't care how much temptation you have as a program and as boosters. That's a guy you just got to, you don't touch that thing with a 10 football. I mean, that is, that is the ultimate forbidden fruit. And, if you're coming from a controversial coach with a big time contract and you're going to sign another controversial coach with a big time contract, uh, you're just asking for trouble there. Why don't they try to get Shane Beamer out of South Carolina or something? Who's not having a great year down there despite an increase in talent level. So no, but he is also linked to Harbaugh and issues with that. Because as part of that ring, they had told their signs or Tennessee signs to South Carolina to eliminate them from playoff contention. It is it, it is the the elaborate elaboracy of this and just it is incredible and and so incredibly fascinating because every time you turn on something it's something different and it's so bizarre. But we're going to head to the next segment here after this quick break for the third and final segment on the Latching Out podcast on the Disney Sports Now Network. and Indy Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Let's get into the game. Let's get back to the game because games are happening. Life just revolves much better out of, outside of the state of Michigan right now. I have Penn State winning big. I think it's going to be about 49 to, to 7. All right. Well, jump the score and everything. Okay. Weather, 70-51, high-low, noon kickoff, 9-mile-an-hour winds, partly cloudy. Penn State is a 31.5-point favorite as of Thursday night via FanDuel Sportsbook over under 45 and a half points. You're going 49 to seven. I do believe Penn State will put up 45 points. And uh, hmm, what do they do to Indiana? What does Indiana's offense do? 
put a 14 against Rutgers, 7 against Michigan. I'm going to give him 10 points. 45 to 10, Penn State over Indiana. Uh, I did lose the weekly bet because we bet Penn State over under 32 and a half points. So you are now officially leading that race. Do we want to do a side bet this weekend? Might as well. Got any ideas? I don't. I do not on this one because I will not be at the game. I will be at St. Francis providing coverage for their game on the for the altitude of mirror. Let's see. Over under turnovers from Drew Aller. I was going to do rushing yards. Over under rushing yards. That works too. Let's see if they get back to their roots. What do you want to set the number at? I'll take the over because I always do. <laughs> that's that's great. I'm 200. Let's go 140, but okay. Uh, let's split the difference. What's that? 170? Over under 170 rushing yards. And you're taking the over? I don't want that over, but... <laughs> I will take the over. You want the over of 170? Ah, I'll take it. Yes. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. You want the over? I will take the over, yes. You want the over? Man, I, I would it. take the over at 200. Oh, okay. Jared over 200. Well, I'll give you 185. Jared All over right. 185 rush yards. It's aggressive. All right. Rather top five. What do we got going on? I watched a matchup of the week. Oregon, Utah. That's a tough game. Utah is a giant killer. Um, my upset is Wake Forest over Florida State. You've got Kansas and Oklahoma. Wake Forest over Florida State. Yes, Wake Forest is a good team, despite a four and three record. And Florida State is vulnerable. And I don't it's know at if Wake Forest. I don't know if Oregon, if Utah will upset Oregon, but it is at Utah. It's a three thirty kick, so it'll be there. Mountain time, so it's a one thirty afternoon kick. Kind of weird. Oregon's a six and a half point favorite there. Duke could play. Could play spoiler this weekend. Two lost team in the ACC. They hand Louisville that second loss. Carolina's back in the driver's seat at one loss uh, in the conference. So that's right. That game is at Louisville. Uh, that is a three. Another three thirty kick. Three thirty kick is loaded this weekend. It really is. You've got Florida and Georgia. That's a tough one, but I think Georgia's going to handle them pretty well. BYU and Texas. Mormons versus the Longhorns. I got Pitt and Notre Dame. I <laughs> Pitt's Pitt's due for a fluky game again. I wouldn't be shocked if Pitt beat Notre Dame. I'm, I'm not, not saying that they will, but I that wouldn't shock me one bit. I'm not rooting for Pitt, but I'm I'm rooting for uh, VU. So I wouldn't mind seeing them do that. Plus, Notre Dame losing is good for everybody. <sighs> Kansas Oklahoma. That has the recipe to be a really good game. If Jalen Daniels is back, I think that Kansas squad, I've mentioned him so many times in this podcast. I think that dude's a stud college football player for Kansas. Yeah. If he's, if he's healthy, Oklahoma could be in trouble, especially after last year, after last weekend, barely squeaking by UCF. So Tulane, Tulane and Rice. What? They're 22nd yes. team in the country. I've been missing out. Yes. They were, they finished really strong last year. Yeah, they did. Um, you got USC Sands, Lincoln Riley. He's sick. <laughs> Um, Washington and Stanford, Air Force, Colorado State, Tennessee and Kentucky. That's always a, a tough matchup. Um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, 
UCLA and Colorado, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Old Dominion, James Madison. Hell yes. And that's the Virginia State. Old Dirty. And Arizona. I was hoping Mizzou was playing this weekend. They're not. They're not playing until next weekend against Georgia. So And then Michigan has the week off, probably for the best. I don't know, man. I think you need to put a big game on the board <laughs> to try to quiet the media down or maybe like purposely make this one close, like not steal as many signs this week or not tell your defense. Well, they're, all the advanced scouting is done. That's what I'm saying. You got to like let this game be like, you got to let that, if they had a, they were playing this week, you let that game be close and be like, look, like we stopped advanced scouting. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea how that's going to play out. I think that's what makes it even better. Pac-12, um, Pac-12 after dark, Oregon State at Arizona. There are a lot of good games this week. It'll be interesting to see how they play out, but I do like Wake Forest for that upset. I think, I think they're Ar- due. I think Arizona's getting it done. But it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But for Kevin Quickly, this has been Jared Prugar on the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Now Network. We thank you as always for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, download, whatever you got to do. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Tell your friends, tell your dog.